1: This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo El Conservador, right here on a rainy day in New York. And we're talking about CRT class action, and climate. Now, Joel Baboso Biden, you guys know him really well. He's pushing lots of different initiatives. And one of his main henchmen out there, she is a hired gun. She's been out there for a really long time, is Randy Weingarten. Now, Miss Randy Weingarten is the head of the nation's most powerful teachers union. And she was uh, out there taking the offensive position, right? Because It's better to attack than to have to play defense. And now CNN is out there playing defense. And I I took a look at their headlines earlier. I do this from time to time because I think it's really interesting to see what's going on. But as of, I don't know, it was 11 o'clock in the morning, Thursday, and CNN's top headline was what the battle over critical race theory is really all about. And it went on to cite a bunch of different analysis pieces, which are op-eds, with the following titles. Many people don't know what critical race theory is. That is why the, it's the perfect tool to scare conservatives. That's their top analysis piece. Top headline, period, on this page. Then, one of the world's largest teachers unions will defend educators who teach, quote, honest history, quote, unquote. Then, 11 ways critical race theory might refine your understanding of history. Then, CNN interviews parents worried about critical race theory. Then, opinion, what Nicole hannah Jones's job decision reveals. That is all of the headlines, literally. The only thing above that was the little happening now, small red box above the main headline that says White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki holds a briefing. Watch live. That's everything that's going on in America, according to CNN. Unbelievable. But I'll play their game, and we're going to follow what they had to say. So yes, the head of the Most Powerful Teachers Union, Randy Weingarten, says in a press conference yesterday that people that are against critical race theory are bullying teachers and trying to stop teachers from teaching history, honestly, in her opinion. Now, what I find interesting about this is that history has been taught forever and a day as has critical race theory at the collegiate level, law school level, what have you. And now that it's trickling its way into classrooms at the grammar school level in different ways, whether as uh, Levin aptly points out in his book, American Marxism, which you should get a copy of, whether it's through critical race theory, critical gender theory, uh, through critical climate theory, it's become interchangeable to create intersectionality. And he cites all of these different... um, Theoreticians that bring this movement to pass. And he does it really well. So definitely get a copy of American Marxism, which comes out on July 13th. But I want you to hear from Randy Weingart at this press conference yesterday saying that we're just stopping teachers from teaching history, as if teachers didn't teach history before yesterday. Check this out.
2: Critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools or middle schools or high schools. It's of examination taught in law school and in college that helps analyze whether systemic racism exists and in particular, whether it has an effect on law and public policy. But culture warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination, SCRT, to try to make it toxic. They are bullying teachers and trying to stop us from teaching students accurate history. So now all of a sudden everybody
1: that is a critic of history according to Ms. Weingarten is now bullying teachers and the teachers union to silence them from teaching history. All of a sudden there is a, a movement of critics that is just born of nothing right? It's not because of Ibram X. Kendi's push for anti-racism and what anti-racism, quote unquote, by his definition entails, because I think for the most part, and I say this all the time and I'll say it again, most of us believe that we are all anti-racist. I don't know too many people that wake up in the morning and say, oh, you know what? Today I'm going to be a racist because that, well, that's just the best way to do it. BS. All of a sudden they're saying that you're the bad guy, mom and dad, who's rising up across America, going to school board saying, we don't want this in our classrooms for our children, paid for with our tax dollar. But Ms. Weingarten goes on, she continues to say that she vows to legally defend all of her members who break the law and teach critical race theory. Listen to this one.
2: Mark my words, our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense fund ready to go and we are preparing for litigation as we speak. Teaching the truth is not radical or wrong. Distorting history and threatening educators for teaching the truth is what is truly radical and wrong.
1: So Randy Weingarten is going on the offensive. She's saying that moms and dads across America, you guys are the bad guys, you guys are silencing and bullying teachers because moms and dads obviously don't know what's best for their own children and moms and dads don't have children at least the children's best interest, at heart. Come on. I don't think anybody believes that. But that's where they're at. And that's why CNN has, I don't know, half a dozen headlines on their main page, CNN.com, all going at critical race theory because they're up against the ropes. When parents have spoken out and small town America makes it, what do they do? You're a racist, right? It's because you're a racist and you want to teach false history. I don't know anybody personally that doesn't know that we had slavery in America and that it was a bad thing and that they were abused and tortured. Some people may not know the level of abuse and some of that stuff, quite frankly, is X-rated that I've just come to recently look into myself and said, wow, damn, that's messed up. You know, talking about buck breaking and you can look that up and find out what that's all about, but it's the sodomy of, of a man right in front of his family, right in front of other slaves to subjugate them and emasculate them. Horrific. This is, you know, the whipping post times 10. It's horrible. So people may not know the level and the depth of the evil of Southern white Democrats, white liberals. And I'm not saying all (laughs) white people that are liberals in the South are evil racists, just the ones that are Klansmen. But my point is, you can't hold everybody accountable for those actions. We're not a monolith. That stuff happened. It was corrected. We fought this bloody war. I went over this in the last episode. But this is where they're at. And this is what they continue to tout as rewriting history. When they're, in fact, trying to add to the history. And it's not even about the history. Not only do they want to add all the graphic stuff, but they're also looking to redefine how everything is looked at. To create a paradigm where there's a perpetual oppressor versus the oppressed scenario. It's not healthy. And you've heard one dad and mom after the next take to these school board meetings to make their case. But yet there are still proponents out there, like Kezia Ridgway, who's a high school teacher that went on CNN on Wednesday saying that Republicans don't want kids to know the truth because one day they'll be voters. Listen to this.
2: Are you teaching white kids to hate themselves for being white? No. Are you teaching black kids that there's nothing they can do to improve their situation. Absolutely because not. There's racism and they can never fight it. So they should give up. Absolutely not. I'm creating little free thinkers and future politicians and lawyers and teachers and change makers. Our kids are smart. They know what's happening. And I think we do them a disservice by continuing to pretend like critical race theory is the issue when it's really you just don't want kids to learn the truth. Because not only do they become critical thinkers, they also become voters. And that is what's scaring a lot of these people because they know that as this generation gets older, a lot of these people that are making these laws will be voted out of office. All these opponents of critical race theory told us that sure, racism was a problem in the past, but it's not now. And so we got into these long conversations about when exactly they thought racism had ended in America. And they didn't have a good answer.
1: Now, oversimplification has been a problem that I've addressed a whole lot, especially since 2016, because there was a lot of people that would just take simple ideas. To oversimplify and just say that racism no longer exists is very different than saying that systemic, institutional racism is no longer embraced. And that's the case that I make each and every time. People always want to bring up redlining. Again, another horrible thing. I'm glad I wasn't alive back then. I really am. To say that you're going to prevent people because of the color of their skin from Earning and building generational wealth through real estate, keeping black people out of certain parts of town, getting the banks complicit in the deal. And then later in the future, getting the banks complicit in the deal again, the opposite way to try to correct those wrongs by giving out loans to people who couldn't afford them, irrespective of their race, leading to a huge housing collapse, which ultimately led to the bubble bursting in 2008 for the Great Recession, the economic collapse in the United States. All of this, let's break the rules to make things right, doesn't make things right. So yes, we do have to have little free thinkers and those little free thinkers have to be equipped. That's deplorable in the truest sense of the word. But this isn't about that. This is about trying to unearth old wounds. There's been a dramatic rise in biracial couples over the last decade. To suggest that we have a problem amongst the races is idiotic. But enter 2008. And now all of a sudden, it's time to push back on the police. It's time to start the Black Lives Matter movement. But I really get tired of hearing the same thing over and over and over, reported as if it's news when it's not news. We the people, Americans, are not stupid. We don't wake up early in the morning and put the Confederate flag on the back of our pickup truck and decide we're going to go and kill black people. And those that do that, the few that there may be, They know they're wrong, we know they're wrong, you know they're wrong, and there's laws to stop that. Or at least to hold them accountable. So to suggest that there's no racism and when did it ever stop? When did crime ever stop? When did poverty ever stop? There is no guarantee um, for any of us that any societal ill just comes to a magical end somehow. Sure we work towards doing that and we create laws to prevent it from happening again to stop it from ever being a part of our history in the future. But that doesn't mean these things go away. That's why when people like AOC go buck wild, saying we got to abolish this, abolish that, close all the jails, let all the prisoners out, what is wrong with you, all out crazy? But anyway, before I get into being sidetracked on that stuff, I want to make sure that I talk about this one topic because there was a little girl named Huffmeyer, seven years old, out in Michigan. And back in April, she... Um, got into a thing with another student, seven-year-old, that cut her hair. And I believe it was at her request. Again, little kids do crazy things. I've caught both my kids cutting their hair when they were little. So, and I'm not defending this in any way. I'm thinking, it is what it is. But the girl apparently, again, allegedly, tells the librarian, I don't like the way my hair looks now after her parents took her to the salon and got it evened out or whatever. So this librarian decides, you know what, I'm going to even it out for you because she also works as a cosmetologist. Now, listen, I was a barber, right? I went to cosmetology school and I cut hair for many years on the side, here and there as a student practicing under the permit, whatever it was. And I got to tell you, I've never cut somebody's hair without their permission. And I would never cut a minor's hair without parental consent. Now, when you work for the state, for any part of the government, typically a, a teacher, a state official, whatever it is, at least in New Jersey where I served as a state official, you cannot just escape the facts by claiming ignorance. You're considered a mandatory reporter. So for this teacher or librarian to say, oh, I cut the girl's hair and I didn't consult with her parents in doing so, it's horrible. You should be fired for doing something like that. Who does that? Saying, oh, but the little girl it broke my heart it's not your little girl. It's a haircut. You pick up the phone. Hey, so-and-so, I happen to moonlight as a, as a hairdresser. You want me to fix your little girl's hair? I'll do it on the house, no problem. Parents say, no, thanks. Don't do it. Parents say, oh, that would be great, thanks. That's so kind of you. Super. You don't go and just fix the kid's hair and send the kid home. So the kid gets home and the parents are like, oh, I don't like that. Now it just happens to be the girl has one white parent, one black parent. She's biracial, adorable little girl. Curly hair. It's kind of reddish, blondish, strawberry blonde. And I'm thinking, if that were my kid, I'd be up in arms. I'd be up in everybody's face talking about, why'd you cut my kid's hair? So now the school board says that there was no racial bias. I don't think anybody was thinking there was racial bias. They didn't cut the girl's hair because of racial bias. She got in, into a situation where another classmate of hers cut her hair. And this person, using horrible judgment, decided to fix it. Has nothing to do with racial bias. At least as the story's reported, that's how it seems to me. The whole thing started with a little kid cutting another little kid's hair and an adult going beyond the line, crossing the line to fix the little kid's hair. Somehow, somebody, because of all these race hustlers that are out there, even the ones that weren't race hustlers before, that were just straight up corrupt politicians and and hacks like Randy Weingarten, in my opinion, now they've become race hustlers because they want to peddle this divide and conquer racism. And it's horrible. And I feel terrible that these parents feel that that was done to them on the on the grounds of racism. And again, it might be my naivete. It might be how I grew up because you know I happen to be brown, I happen to have grown up in Brooklyn, Midwood section, and had everybody around me. It was like the United Nations. So I don't see people through the lens of racism the way um, the left wants me to, the way AOC wants me to, the way Ilhan Omar wants me to. But I can tell you. The little girl doesn't strike me as black upon my first look at her. Curly hair, maybe. I mean, again, I've seen lots of redheaded Puerto Ricans with curly hair. I get that there's uh, African blood running through the bloodlines, all that. So again, could be my naivete. Could be me just overlooking it because of what I'm used to seeing. But to suggest that this was done on the grounds of racial bias, come on. I don't think people do that. Now, there have been cases like that, so I get it parents overreact. They're in a very emotional state. Understandable, especially when somebody's cutting your kid's hair against your will. But the bottom line is all of this racial bull crap is dividing Americans very deeply. And I don't know how much more of it America withstands. And I think that's why you see parents, moms, dads rising up against this stuff, Saying, you know what, we don't want this critical theory. We don't want this revisionist history. We don't want this stuff in our classrooms. Now, I think they should start a class action lawsuit, and maybe they'll be able to. But speaking of class action lawsuits, you want to hear about this. So don't move a muscle because we're going to talk about President Trump's class action lawsuit right after this. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, and you can get me at Rich Valdez on all the social media platforms. Just joined a new one called Getter, testing that one out, so give us a a follow on that one on Getter, on Parler, on Twitter, on Instagram, of course on Facebook, and try to get into the conversation. I love to hear your topics and your reactions to things, but right now it's the Thursday edition of This Is America. We're talking about what President Trump said in New Jersey, right here across the river at his uh, Trump-Bedminster golf course. And we got a couple of clips. It's a little bit long, but I want you to hear it because I know that when you turn on CNN, when you turn on MSNBC, when you turn on the rest of the news networks, they're going to give you 10 seconds of what Trump said, not the full context, not the... uh, entirety of it, so I'm going to try and give you as much of it as I can. I want you to listen to President Trump's remarks about a class action lawsuit to combat censorship on big tech platforms. Check this out.
3: Today, in conjunction with the America First Policy Institute, I'm filing as the lead class representative a major class action lawsuit against the big tech giants, including Facebook, Google, and Twitter as well as their CEOs, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, and Jack Dorsey. Three real nice guys. We're asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to order an immediate halt to social media companies' illegal, shameful censorship of the American people, and that's exactly what they are doing. We're demanding an end to the shadow banning, a stop to the silencing and a stop to the blacklisting, banishing and canceling that you know so well. Our case will prove this censorship is unlawful, it's unconstitutional and it's
1: completely un-American. We all know that. We all know that very, very well. And that's why I like to call him El Trompito Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, Donald J. Trump. Because he tells it like it is. Whether you like it or not, whether you like him or not, he's still going to tell you how it goes.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we
1: are professional grade. And that's why he's talking about holding big tech accountable. So I want you to listen to the rest of this, check it out.
3: Our filing also seeks injunctive relief to allow prompt restitution and really restoration and you can name about 20 other things and it has to be prompt because it's destroying our country. Of My accounts, in addition, we are asking the court to impose punitive damages on these social media giants. We're going to hold big tech very accountable. This is the first of Numerous other lawsuits, I assume, that would follow. But this is the lead, and I think it's going to be a very, very important game changer for our country. It will be a pivotal battle in the defense of the First Amendment. And in the end, I am confident that we will achieve a historic victory for American freedom
1: and at the same time, freedom of speech. And the president is 100% right because free speech is what it's all about we have to hold them accountable yeah we've seen this battle that he's had and if we don't hold on to free speech who will if we don't fight for ourselves who will and that's why he went on one more clip check it out
3: from the very beginning of our nation freedom of speech has always been understood as a bedrock of our liberty liberty and our strength in America, we recognize that the freedom to speak our minds and express the truth that is our heart, really, that's really a big chunk of our heart, it is our heart, it is not granted to us by government. It's given to us by God, and no one should have the power to take that right away. The founding fathers inscribed this right in the very first amendment to our constitution because they knew that free speech is essential to the prevention and look to the prevention of horror and to the preservation of our republic. But remember the words the prevention of horror because we're very close to seeing that now in our country. We've never been in a position like this. And it's all happened very quickly. In the words of the father of our country...
1: Although some would like to take that title away from him, George Washington, he will not be canceled. Now, of course, the reporters are going to come at him and say, well, Mr. President, hold up. These are private companies. They have a right to do what they want. And I got to tell you, this is an opinion that I share. The problem is the way the law is written, It's there's some ambiguity and there's room for argument. So arguably speaking, that when you give these Section 230 protections to these tech companies, They no longer are considered uh, kind of like a private enterprise because they've become vis-a-vis this law, the public square. And the argument here is, well, you can't have it both ways. You either are or you aren't. If you're going to have the protections, you got to take everybody. If you're not going to have the protections, then you take who you want. You could blacklist and ban whoever you feel like it and be a private company. But you can't do it with the help of the government, watching your back with Section 230 protections. Anyway, listen to this reporter. Check this out. How do you fight
0: the argument that these are private companies? They can be as liberal as they want to be.
3: Well, they say that they're private, but they're no longer private. If they gave up their Section 230 liability protection, I would go along with them. I'd say they're private. We'll open up other privates and other privates will be opened up. I mean, I know that for a fact because I'm involved in that. But I will say that they are they have Section 230. It's a liability protection, the likes of which nobody in the history of our country has ever received, just a small group. And we're not going to stand for it. And that makes them, in my opinion, very subject to the kind of penalties that we're talking about, which is potentially, John, trillions of dollars. It's a
1: a number that uh, the likes of which nobody's seen before. And I got to tell you, I agree with him. If the media didn't lack such credibility, Every day, there's more and more of an erosion of credibility in the media. This is why so many cable news companies, at least the left-leaning ones, are really suffering. And you see uh, Newsmax on the rise. You see Fox News maintaining. They might slide back a little bit. But people, they realize we're not getting the truth here. And they distrust the media. So they go to other sources. And with the Internet and all the information that's readily available to so many people... People aren't in the dark the way they used to be, or as so many people like to say, they're not asleep anymore. People are awake now. Whatever analogy you want to use, people are more informed, and we need to continue to have our patriots be more informed because the media has waged a very unconventional warfare, for lack of a better word, on the body politic, on the American public, and this is the price that we pay. You've got people going at each other saying, oh, you did that because I was black. No, you're doing that because I'm white. Oh, because of this. Oh, because of that. Everybody's up in arms. Everybody's saying, oh, we don't like you. We're going to cancel. You. You're not going to be allowed to say that anymore. You don't have free speech anymore. You can't say this. You can't say that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You did this. You're an insurrectionist. You did that. You're trying to shut down America. You're trying to do this. And, and it's really becoming absurd. Tensions are on a high. And for what? For nothing, except for the benefit of those in the media who are doing the work of those that are real divisionists, those that subscribe to Marx's divide and conquer philosophy that want to see Americans fall by their own hand. And again, he's 100% right. People aren't as outraged as they might be because they're not getting the full story. CNN is reporting, like I mentioned earlier about why critical race theory is fantastic and why the critics of it are horrible, instead of talking about why people are dropping dead in big cities all across America, big cities that consequently happen to be all run by Democrats. And not just your run-of-the-mill regular, I'm-a-Democrat-blue-collar-union guy. No, no, no. Democrats that are real, like, far-left progressives. You know, look at uh, Lori Lightfoot. Many of you like to call her Beetlejuice. I like to be more respectful. Call her Madam Beetlejuice. And you look at someone like that and you think this is not your run-of-the-mill Democrat. This is a radical. You look at people like Warren Wilhelm. He interned with a group that helped the Sandinistas to do their communist work in Nicaragua. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. You can find out the truth on this. It's all real. Yet now this guy's the mayor of New York under a different name. These are shady people that have a very strong agenda and it's not public service, it's not making the city a better place, it's not serving you, we the people. This is about promoting an agenda that they radically believe in. This is like AOC who wants to change the world, stop you from having children, telling you it's not even okay to have kids anymore. And now she's got Joe El Baboso Biden right under her thumb. So keep it locked right there because we're gonna jump right into this. Feet first, climate stuff, Joe Biden has a lot to say about that. I'm Rich Valdez, this is America.
3: This is America.
1: All right, thanks for sticking with us. You're the best audience out there. I absolutely adore you. I love you. I thank you for sharing the show. I am Rich Valdez. Welcome back. This is America. Bienvenido. And like I said, we can't do this without you. I'm here doing this uh, research because I'm doing it every day anyway, and I decide to share it with you guys on this microphone with the hopes that you'll listen to the program, share the program, have other people listen to the program. Three short segments on three uh, top Topics of the day three times a week. And that's how we do it. Because I realize some people could listen to a three-hour show. I do. uh, Five days a week. But not everybody has that time, so we have this short, condensed version, boom, 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 so that you can get the facts and you can hear what's going on and make your own opinions and share them with people. And the sharing is key, whether it's sharing on Facebook, sharing on Twitter, sharing on Getter, sharing wherever you do your social media stuff, the sharing matters. It doesn't matter if you have five followers or 5,000 followers, but we were talking about the climate and Joe El Baboso Biden and his uh, right-hand woman, Jen Pacerco Back-Pasaki, silent P, of course. Now, Jen Pacerco Back-Pasaki, she ain't no circle back girl, she decided to go on to the White House podium and say, well, you know, um, we um, are taking on this climate challenge, and we're going to be, you know, the people that lead the charge on this, because like I said, AOC and her communist sympathizing grandpa, Bernie Sanders, have gotten to Joe Ed Barboso Biden, but here's the thing, when pushed back by the media, when she's on CNN, circle back, Pasaki. what's going on with gas prices? Silent P, of course. And she says, well, you know that we're not involved with OPEC, we're not this and we're not that. Well, I want you to hear exactly what she had to say. Check this out. How can you make people's lives
2: better so that more women can come into the workforce, more families, more kids can be competitive over the long term? And that's what he's going to be talking about. One
0: thing that would make people's lives better is lower gas prices, right? I mean, they're rising steadily. What can the president do to keep those down?
2: Well, we, we have had a team of our uh, officials from the government in touch. We're not a part of the OPEC negotiations. The OPEC discussions, which are ongoing, will have a big factor on, on the price of oil, which has a factor on our gas prices here at home. Uh, we are in touch with a range of entities who are a part of those discussions,
1: Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and, and others. And we want to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep the price of, of gas low. That's why the president, also a red line for him, was no gas
2: taxes for the American people in these infrastructure negotiations.
1: Well, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And John Berman, who's typically a a wallflower, who just says things like, oh, Jen, we like the color of your hair. Oh, great. It's great that you're here again. You know, super, super softball questions. Asks an occasional question that's pre-rehearsed so that they can get a sense of, uh, you know, tell us what it is so that they can try to fool the few viewers that they have on cable news. And she comes back with this nonsense, uh, I'll use a funny word cockamamie excuse that they're not involved in this and involved in that. But the proof is in the pudding when Joe El Baboso Biden just yesterday was in Illinois saying that he's gonna raise taxes on fossil fuel companies. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that gasoline, the one that I put in my truck, comes from fossil fuels. So if you tax the gasoline company, who do you think is gonna end up paying for that tax hike? It's not the, the gasoline company per se, although they have to, but where do they get their money? That's right. Ding, ding, ding. You are correct, sir. Te lo ganaste. You won. The taxpayer, you and me, the consumer, the end user. But anyway, I want you to listen to Joe El Baboso Biden in Illinois explaining why it's a good idea to raise taxes on these companies. Check this out.
4: If we end tax breaks for fossil fuels, make polluters pay to clean up the messes they've made... That would raise $90 do not asking them to do anything that, that is unfair. I'm just not going to subsidize them anymore. They're doing well, thank, thank you.
1: And the messes they made, they should clean up. All right, so there you have it. Now, again, I'll ask the same question. Who's going to pay for the increased taxes when you're at the pump? Is it going to be Biden who rides around for free in his presidential limo and SUV? His cavalcade of SUVs? Regularly. Otra vez, ding, 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 ding. You are correct, sir. You are correct, ma'am. You win. Te lo ganaste. That's right, us. We're the ones that are going to pay for Biden's stupidity, for his babosadas. That's why he's Joe El Baboso Biden. Now, of course, while we get to pay on uh, the tax hike that he's implementing on fossil fuel companies, he's just so out of touch thinking that that's a good thing because the guy's never worked a real day in his life outside of getting money from the government, getting money from you and me making money on the taxpayer, making money through government. And again, if you're somebody that profits from your public service, that's on you. It's not what most people do. It's not something that I can necessarily defend. And I worked in the government, but I have seen so many things in my time, like the fact that I get this insanely outrageous health insurance that nobody else seemed to have unless you work for the government. It was like I was a different type of citizen. I would go to the doctor. They would look at the health insurance card and go, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we take that. They, they loved it. They would like start reaching for it because doctor's office is new. Nobody else had benefits like the, the benefits that you get in the state of New Jersey as a state employee. And it's similarly, the city of New York has the same thing for teachers and city employees. And these guys negotiate these amazing contracts, which is, again, probably the subject of Two or three shows, there's so much to unpack with that. But the point that I'm making is Biden's out of touch. Even though the United States has the most stringent energy policy than any of the world's biggest polluters like China and India, we recycle more than they do. Biden still thinks that somehow the government will stop changes in our climate. Listen to this.
4: The drought conditions this year are twice as bad. You've seen the pictures. Reservoirs that are 40 feet down, 50 feet down. The extreme weather isn't just in the West. In Illinois, farmers downstate are dealing with more frequent droughts. And two weeks ago, just south of here, you just had a nearly unprecedented tornado. We can't wait any longer to deal with climate crisis. We see with our own eyes and it's time to act. The bipartisan agreement we reached makes some major strides. It's going to allow the transition of thousands of old, for example,
1: diesel school buses and buses, city buses. We're going to change them to electric buses. So somehow with the stroke of Biden's pen, Joe El Baboso Biden believes that he can somehow stop changes in the earth's climate in the United States. And somehow what we do legislatively is somehow going to add years to the earth's lifespan. A, I think it's presumptuous. And B, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to clean up my yard, my front yard, the side, the walks around my house. And you have a a neighbor that's a slob and throws things all over the place. How are you going to prevent the world from getting dirty just because you're cleaning your house? I'm not saying you shouldn't clean your house and clean the walks and do what you got to do. You should. But my point is, we can't control what other people are doing. Punto y final. Period. The end. Somehow, Biden thinks that limiting businesses, increasing government so that they have more power over industry, over your business, over big business, over how we get energy, instead of having more energy options and more energy independence, that somehow a stroke of his pen changes the way the climate works. I got to tell you, the only crisis that we have right now is named Joe El Baboso Biden and all of his friends that support him, in particular, Congress and the Democrats in Washington. That's what we have to watch out for. That's what we have to stand up against. And whether it's critical race theory, whether it's a class action lawsuit against big technology for the censorship and the unfavorable outcomes that are lamentably what we can expect when you build a platform on social media, if you're a conservative or anybody that doesn't go along with the narrative that they have, you're out. You're canceled or it's climate. Whatever the case may be, we have to stand up because, like Hamilton said, if we stand for nothing, we will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. And that's Sir Edmund Burke. So, of course, know something, read something, do something, show up at that school board meeting, run for school board again, get someone else to run with you. Become a perpetual thorn in their side. Use your political power to push the politicians to do what's right. Replace the politicians with regular people. Kind of like we did with Trump. That's the formula. Sacrifice and run. More and more people have to do it. And as more and more people who are, I'm not saying everybody can do it, but as more and more people are able to do it, we're going to get there. We will never get there if people don't take action. That's all I've got for today. Hasta la proxima. Until next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America.
0: Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site